good morning, afternoon, or evening for wherever you may be joining us from today. Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Jesus, I pray you to anoint the Word of God today. God, speak to us. Anoint these lips of clay, God. Your Word is already anointed. God, I pray you, as the Word of God goes forth, it would speak to our hearts. Help us to have open hearts to receive your Word today, and we thank you for what you're going to do. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, God bless you as you are seated. As we conclude this great little series, um, Jesus here is proclaiming something. I'm not going to get back into all the details, but as we started this series, we found that in the book of John, Jesus was identifying who he was. He, in the other three gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, um, they're very similar. They're called the synoptic gospels. But in the book of John, it's very, very uniquely different. And in this gospel, Jesus is identifying, I am all these things. There's, in fact, seven different I ams in the book of John. And we've, we're hitting this one, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is declaring that he is the almighty God, robed in flesh, that has come among us to become our salvation. And he is the way for us to have life. I don't know about you, but the years are going by quickly. Amen? How many would agree with me that the years are going by quickly? Maybe a little too quickly. Oh, my word. Um, There's a birthday boy in the room today, at least one that I know of. I saw it this morning early when I was on uh, my computer. I heard that there was someone, and, and, and he's thinking he's old. Kamarin, wave your hand at me real quick. Kamarin, he, he is turning the old age of 36 today. Isn't that old? How many here think that's old? <laughs> Kumarin and I'm, I'm, how many don't think that's old? Man, oh, to be 36 again. Knowing everything that I know. And to be 36 again. I, wouldn't that be wonderful? Lewis is 36 old. Not, not to Lewis. Good. <laughs> it will be. So we're talking about this whole thing of life. We, 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 we enter this life as, a, as an infant. We haven't got a clue what's going on. You know, it takes us a while. In fact, when you think back into your childhood, many of us can only think back to like maybe some strong, powerful experiences at the age of four or five. We don't really remember much before that. So Jason and Marjorie, as you're raising him, don't treat him bad, but he's not going to remember. Just, but don't treat him bad. Treat him good. He's not going to remember that either until he gets a little older. We don't remember much, but, but those years go by fast. I, I, I'm thinking of my life, and, and it wasn't that long ago that I stood at an altar the same way that you stood and I held babies, and I handed them to the preacher, and they prayed over them, and it's like, like that. They're grown. It happens so quickly. Um, just a little story since it's a dedication Sunday. Um, <laughs> we were dedicating grace Luke was just a little over two years old, and, and he was, I think we were already into the potty training stage. It seems a little early, but we were doing it. Um, Sherry was taking the charge of that, and uh, we, we were holding him at the altar, 
And I mean, this is at the church that I was the executive associate pastor. There, there were probably 550 people at church that day. We were at the front. My family flew in from Canada. Sherry's family drove up from Southern Virginia. We had a, we had a host of people around us the same way that you did today. And we're there at the altar, and, and Pastor Mitchell's getting ready to start this little, you know, it's a little window in the service. You take that couple of minutes. And Luke, at the time, Daddy, I got to pee. I said, Luke, you have to hold it, buddy. There's no way we can leave right now. This is our moment, you know. This is our time. He goes, Daddy, I really have to pee. And I said, Luke, just be patient. It's not going to be long. And before I knew it, it was running down my leg and dropping off and bouncing off of my shoe. I'm not sure if I'm embarrassing him. I'm sorry if I am. I really, it wasn't in my notes. I wasn't planning to say any of that today. Um, but that's just, those types of things happen sometimes at the, just the, not the right moment. But, but we're talking about life today. Um, John chapter 10 and verse 10 is another great verse in the book of John. And, and, and it's being said here again, the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus is telling them when a thief comes, when the enemy of your soul comes, he comes to do a couple of things. He comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I'm not like the thief. He says, I have come that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. I would like to entertain today to you that, that in Jesus' word that says, I have come to give you life. Really what he was saying is, before me, you really didn't have much life at all, if any at all. You might have thought you were living without Jesus. You know, many people in this world, and it's in your notes if you've got a handout today, um, some people think that they are living. But in reality, from the moment that you are born, you're actually dying. I don't want to get morbid on us here today. Don't, don't tune me out yet. I'm not done. It's going to have a great ending. But from the moment we start living, we actually are dying. People think that they're living life. They're thinking that life is grand, but really they're not really living at all. Without Jesus, they're not really living. Jesus said, I have come to give you life. You know, for, for centuries, there have been people that have been looking for that magic water, the fountain of youth that they can go to, that they can drink the water, they can bathe in the water, and they will live forever. I did a little research. I had to go back and get my history kind of, you know, back in shape a little bit um, this week. Anyone know the guy that was, is known for the fountain of youth? Ponce de Leon. He was one of those guys that was a travel. He was an adventurer, and he was seeking new lands. And he's the guy that's credited with finding the fountain of youth. Puerto Rico, maybe. Florida, maybe. I'm not sure where they end up thinking that it is. I've been to Florida. How many have been to Florida? 
Did you guys find the fountain of youth in Florida? Um, how many have been to Puerto Rico? How many have found the, did you find the fountain of youth in Puerto Rico? No. The, the sad thing is that this guy that's credited with finding the fountain of youth, Ponce de Leon, he died in January, I'm sorry, July of 1521, and he wasn't an old man. You know, we're always, we're doing what we can. I mean, I put cream on my face now and to try to help the wrinkles. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to tell you, whatever your wife is using, it's okay. <laughs> You're by yourself. Just, just use a little bit. It just might help you. But, but no matter what you do, we're dying. Our bodies are dying. And we're, we're trying to find satisfaction, but, but we're never going to find satisfaction just watching the years go by. You're never going to find that joy that, that you can have by just watching life go by year after year. The Apostle Paul told us, I, I don't give you the scripture, it's in the, it's in the Bible. It says, if in this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. If we're just hoping in this life, miserable. That's what the Apostle Paul said. Because really there's something deep within the heart of every man and woman in this room and every man and woman driving up and down that highway today. There's something deep within our heart that has a craving and a desire for eternity. For, for the next life. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 11 said he has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. God has put there, there to be something in our hearts that has a desire for eternity. Now, maybe you don't believe in an eternity, but I believe the word of God. And the word of God lets us know that when we breathe our last breath, there is an eternity. Amen? Amen? That's what the Word of God tells me. So, so he's put eternity in our hearts. And I want to make sure that my life has life. How do I get this life? Well, Jesus said in, first, in, in John chapter 1 and verse 4, that the Bible says about Jesus, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Another truth in your notes today. Jesus didn't offer a key to life or a key to living, he is the key. You, you want to know what the key to having life is? It's found in Jesus. He's, the Bible says in John 1:4, in him was life. Life comes from him. So why do we need to find life? I mean, we're living, we're all doing life. You know, we we have. We're eating and we're going and summer vacation's coming quickly and, and all those things. Why, why do we need to have life? Everybody thinks they're living. A couple of quick points. The Bible says we need to have life and find the life to be free from the fear of death. You know, we don't like to think about the death thing. We don't like to think about people dying in our life. Death is man's enemy. Death is sometimes our greatest fear. It's the dreaded reality that, 
that every human being hopes that they will avoid. We hope that we don't have to face it. But really, according to the word of God, death is coming our way. It's something we cannot escape. The Bible says that that men have lived their whole life in bondage to the fear of death. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 says, Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, the Son also became flesh and blood. He became flesh and blood because we were flesh and blood, the Bible says. For only as a human being could he die. And only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. There was a point in time that the devil was in charge and had the power of death. But Jesus, the Bible says, he took on flesh and blood so that he could come and he could die on a cross to break the power of the devil. Uh, We sung about it here today, the power of the cross. Because Jesus went to a cross, he has broken the power of sin and death. I don't know about you, but that excites me. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I don't get to live with the bondage of sin in my life because Jesus, his death on the cross, has provided me life. Verse 15 says, Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. You talk to anybody very long and you start talking about dying and death. We don't like to talk about it something that we fear. It's an unknown. We've never been down that road. Many, all of us have had people in our family who have died. I've been um, one of Jason's family, extended family. I, I was there and went to the house and prayed for her husband. And we went to the funeral. You know, we, we've been faced, all of us have been faced with death. It's not something that's comfortable. But it's something that we have to face because of sin. You know, this was never a part of God's plan. God's plan was to put us in the garden and us not have to face death. That was the plan. But sin entered the garden and human. Sin. Genesis 2 and 17 lets us know God is talking to Adam that he said in the, in the garden, if you, if you eat of that tree of knowledge of good and evil, if you eat of its fruit, you shall be sure to die. You're going to surely die. What'd they do? They ate. So, so because of that sin, every child that was born, from, from Adam and Eve all the way down to Jason and Marjorie, every child that was born, the Bible says that sin has been passed on to every generation. Romans 5 and 12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sinned into the world, and by de- and death by sin. How did we face this whole death thing? Because of sin. Death came by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. You know what? We all have to face death. Because we were all born in sin. No matter how old you are. Young, old, death comes. Some people die when they're healthy. Some people die when they're sick. Um, you know, and, and, and I, I don't know if you noticed this month, but even in our, in our culture, there have been some pretty iconic people 
that have died in our TV culture. I'll, I'll call it that. Celebrities. But you know what? When people die, um, some of the ones that I'm thinking about, the great Tim Conway from the Carol Burnett show. Now, I know that's dating myself a little bit. Some of you might have a, not have a clue who I'm talking about. But, but what a funny guy. You know, he died in the month of May. Doris Day, now she's definitely not in my era, okay? <laughs> I don't know what some of the rest of you, but she, she's someone that I know who she is. You know, when, when, even if you don't know these people personally, when you hear of it, it's like, oh, man. Like, that's the end of an era. That's the end of a, a, a part of our history. It's a part of our past. Never seems right. You know, you get the news that someone that you know, you might not have been close to them, but it affects us if they're close or if they're far. It was never meant to be a part of God's plan, but now it is because of sin. The death rate, and I, I did some research this week, and this is astounding. Just bear with me for one second. Three people die every second. Three, three, three. Every minute, 180 people. Every hour, 11,000. Every day, 260,000. Every year, 95 million people die. So this is a pretty morbid, Pastor. Like, let's get to the life part. <laughs> it is morbid. No one wants to talk about it. That's why I'm bringing it up today. Death comes to the young, death comes to the old, comes to the rich, comes to the poor, comes to the good, it comes to the evil. It comes to the educated, it comes to those that are not educated. It comes to the kings and queens, and it comes to the paupers and the beggars in our cities. It doesn't matter if you're a dynamic young businessman or the glamorous actress. It doesn't matter if you're the great athlete or the brilliant scientist. It doesn't matter if you're the TV personality. It doesn't matter if you're the powerful politician. If you've got means or don't have any means. It doesn't matter. Death is no respecter of persons. And it's no respecter of time or place. It can strike at any moment. It can strike at night. It can strike in the morning. It can strike in the air. It can strike on land. It can strike at sea. It comes to hospital beds. It comes to busy highways. It comes to comfortable lazy boys. It comes to the sports field. It comes to the office. There's no spot on this planet that you can escape this curse that we have to face because of sin called death. The philosopher Epicurus said this. He said it is possible to provide security against almost any of life's ills. He said, but as far as death is concerned, we don't have many options. So it's pretty bleak. Are you excited? Ready to go home? <laughs> Do you want to go home knowing that there's really not much option? Like, there, lots of security for a lot of things, but as far as death is concerned, I'm not sure that the options are very good. What's the solution? I've got a couple quick, quick points and I'll be done. Here in your notes, get to know Jesus. Get to know the one who said, I am the life. Get to know the one that said, I am the resurrection and the life. He said in John chapter 11 and 25, at the tomb of Lazarus, his good friend, he was faced 
to face with death himself, with a dear friend. And this is what Jesus said. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Get to know Jesus. He's not only a life, he is the life. He's the way, he's the truth, and he is the life. And no man comes to the Father except through him. And a few days after this encounter with Lazarus at the tomb, where Lazarus was brought back from the dead, Jesus himself would have to meet death head on. He would, he would be taken to a cross. He would be beaten. He would be whipped. He would be put on a cross, and he would hang there between heaven and earth, and he would give up his life. He would die. His blood would be shed. But through the cross, through the blood that was shed, he was taken off that cross, and he was put in the tomb. He faced death himself. But through that time, there was a great resurrection. And when he came out of that grave, I'm going to tell you right now that death was destroyed once and for all. 2 Timothy 1 and 10 says, Our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Jesus abolished death. Oh, man, I, I love that word. Abolished. What's that mean? He, he put an end to death. He obliterated death. He, 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 he eradicated death. He annihilated death. He took care of it. You know, when I think of death, when you think of death, you know what we think of? We think of, you know, the spirit and the soul have separated from the body. We're, we're left with a body, usually at the front of the church in a casket. You know, we see the body, the spirit and the soul have, the Bible says, gone back to God who gave it, right? Okay, so that, that's what we call death. God sees death a little bit differently. God sees death as the separation of the spirit and the soul from him. The first death we can handle, right? Because we're still, the Bible says, if you die in the Lord, absent from the body, present with the Lord. Does that sound bad? I mean, I don't like it. I mean, I, I've lost my dad since I've been here as pastor. I have some of you, you've gone through family losses. We don't like that because we, we've lost loved ones. But that the hope that we have through this book and this word, that, that if we're absent from the body, we're present with the Lord. Really, they've just gone on ahead of us. They're waiting for us on the other side. And because there's a God that robed himself in flesh and died to eradicate, abolish death. And he brought life for us. So the first death is not the one to worry about. It's the second death. I don't want anyone in this room to have to face the second death. Amen? Because I, I, I when you have faced that second death, the Bible talks about, you are separated your spirit is separated from God for eternity. I do not want you to face that. But if you know Jesus, hallelujah, if you know who he is, if you have had his spirit do a work in your life, 
those who have died in the faith, the Bible says. I, I was in New Brunswick um, a few weeks ago, and, and I told you, I think some of you, I got to go to my father's graveside. Hadn't been there for a few years. And my mother and my, my brother and a few of us went to the graveside just to kind of look. What, you know what? It's an amazing place. There's coming a day that, that there at that graveside, Dayton Cemetery in Fredericton, New Brunswick, there are so many people, beloved family and friends that love God, that have served God, and they're laying there. I've got my dad's grave, and of course, my mom's name there. She's still living. She's not in the grave yet. Thank the Lord. You know, it's, it's my uncles and, and aunts. They're all kind of, there's a little pot of them, okay? The O'Donnells are, are there. They died in the faith. You could walk up and down some of those rows, and, and many of these people, some of them have taught me Sunday school, some of them were pillars in the church, some of them were ushers, some of them were greeters, that they were just pillars. There's coming a day, folks, that that's going to be an exciting place to be. If you know Jesus, the Bible lets us know that there's coming a day. In your notes, the verse I've referred to is 1 Corinthians 15 and 51. It says, but let me reveal to you a wonderful secret. We shall not all die. There's going to be some people, when Jesus comes back for, for his bride, there's going to be some that are living. And I believe there could be some people in this room that will not ever have to face death because if, if you're alive, when God comes back for his church, you're not going to ever face the first death. But here's the secret. We will not all die. We will all be transformed. It will happen in a moment, in the blink of an eye. When the last trumpet is blown, for when the trumpet sounds, those who have died will be raised to live forever. Hallelujah. What a hope that is. And we who are living will also be transformed. For our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die. Our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies. Then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Here's, here's what's going to be fulfilled. It's an Old Testament prophecy. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? Well, what a great hope we have. How many here have loved ones that have gone on before? And you're waiting to see them again. You're looking forward to that moment when you're going to see them again. This is the hope of the church. This truth in 1 Corinthians 15, this gives me hope. I'm going to see my father again. I'm going to see my grandparents again. I'm going to see aunts and uncles and loved ones that have gone on before. Because Jesus has come to give us life. What's my solution? I, I got to get to know this Jesus. I got to do his will. The Bible says in 1 John 2, 17, the world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. You want to live forever? Get, get, find out what the will of God is for your life. Don't, don't, I challenge you, don't just live life how you think. Find out what God's will is for your life. Don't go through life living stuck and frustrated and empty. I, I believe God's got a plan, an intended plan for every single person in this room. Do what it takes to find out what that will is. You know, God, God and the children of Israel, he never intended the children of Israel to wander in some wilderness not knowing where they should be. God's plan was that they were to find the promised land. And I want to tell someone here today, God's will is not for you to just wander and not know what you're supposed to be doing with your life. There's a promised land for you. Find his will and do his will. And in conclusion, 
the Bible says, if we do those things, we can enjoy an abundant life now, and we can enjoy an eternal life in the future. Because he said, I have come that they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. I don't know about you, but I am living an abundant life. I don't know about you, but I'm not just looking forward to the life in the future, and I'm looking forward to that day. I, I want to be with Jesus, but I'm telling you today, there's abundant life today. You know why it's abundant? Because I know Jesus. Do you know why it's abundant? Because his word says, if I have needs in my body, he's a healer. I, I, I live an abundant life because he's my provider. I live an abundant life because he's the one that, that set me free. I live an abundant life because I can have the peace of God in a world that's not filled with peace. Hallelujah. He's my righteousness. He's my way maker. He's my guide. He's my ever-present help in time of trouble. He is my savior. I don't know about you, but if you're not living an abundant life, you can meet the one that can give it to you today. We're standing in this room this morning. Uh, a couple more quick scriptures as, as we stand. You know, one of the things that gives you life, that, that life that we need, John chapter 4 and 14, the Bible says, whoever drinks of this water, Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, he says, whoever drinks of this water, the water that I will give him will never thirst. But the water that I give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus was telling the woman at the well, this water here, natural water, you're going to thirst again. But the water that I give, you're going to never thirst again. So Jesus explained later on in John chapter 7 about this water. Verse 37 says, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried and says, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. What are we going to be drinking? He said, he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. I'm glad that there's, there's God has a living water for us to have. Verse 39 in brackets, which means the, the writer is kind of giving us a little inside to what's going on. He said, but this spake he of the spirit. There's the spirit of God that gives us life. This spake here of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. I want to challenge someone here today. If you've not received the Spirit of God in your life, that is the thing that you're lacking. That is the life that gives, gives you everlasting life. That is the thing that will transform your heart, your mind, your soul, your spirit. And the Bible says, Romans 8, 11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, if it dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give what? Life to your mortal bodies through his spirit, which dwells in you. I want to tell you today, Jesus said, I am the life. And how do I get that life in me? I get that life in me by saying, God, I want your spirit. Hallelujah. I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit today that has filled my life. And because of that Holy Spirit, I live an abundant life. Because of the Holy Ghost, I live an abundant life today, and I've got an eternal life awaiting me. I want to tell someone, you can have that spirit today. You can have his spirit before you leave.
this place. If you don't have it, if you don't have that life-giving spirit, you can have it today. He wants to give you abundant life. If you have a need in your body, he can answer it today. If you have a situation that no one has the answer for, we prayed for Jason and Marjorie and the baby was born. We can pray and God can answer your prayer today. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message spoke into your life, your heart, or whatever situation you may be going through. If you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us at lifechurch.ca on Instagram. And on Facebook, search Life Church, and you will find our navy blue logo with the letters LC in the middle. We thank you for your support and love you all. Have a wonderful week and God bless.